know God is good. John chapter 14 and verse number 5. Thomas saith unto him, Jesus, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject, the way, the truth, and the life. Could we lift up our voices unto God and give him praise today and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your church. Upon this rock you have built your church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And Lord, I thank you for every person that is gathered in this place. I pray that the word will go forth with clarity and accuracy, with boldness, with love. I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to draw closer to you, to be more like you. Let your word be planted in our hearts, growing up as a mighty tree of life. And for all of this, we give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to point out a few things about John chapter 14, if I may. There are several references in this passage of Scripture, this chapter, that enter into the lexicon of the believers speaking, and, and we're thankful for that, but it's because so many things were said here that strengthen God's people and strengthen the church. And so I want to just acknowledge a couple of things about that. I, I want to point out that it is in this passage or chapter that Jesus admonishes his disciples to not allow their hearts to be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. And he explains to them, you believe in God, believe also in me. If you believe in God, then, then you need to believe in me because he's going to let you know he is God. And then he explains why you should not let your heart be troubled. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If that weren't the case, I would have told you that's not the case. But it is the case, and it is the truth. And, and he said, where I am, there you may be also. And what a statement that is, because Jesus is standing there in a position of wholeness, in a position of peace in a position of strength and not that everything in the world around him is just as he would want it to be but but standing there in their company he is at perfect peace and his mind is where it needs to be and his his spirit is whole and he explains to them hey where I am there you may be I go to prepare a place for you Hallelujah, and, and, and I'm, already, I'm already there, and I'm making a way that you can be there also. This is the a passage of Scripture where he helps us to understand that even though he goes to prepare a place for us, that we are not to, again, let our hearts be troubled because the Comforter is coming. And he said, I will not leave you comfortless 
I will come to you. And I am the comforter, and the Father sends the comforter in my name, and he lets us know that he is the comforter, and that this comforter is the spirit of truth. And, and, and it is so comforting to have the spirit of truth. Because what we deal with in life many times is a spirit of dishonesty and a lying spirit. The Bible speaks of a lying spirit. And many of us are in the mess that we find ourselves often because we believed a lying spirit. We believed the accusations of our enemy. We believed the accuser of the brethren concerning ourselves. And we started believing lies. Many of you are at odds with people around you because you believe lies about them. Many of you have such a low self-view because you have believed lies about yourself. Many of you are afraid of, of entering the next day or week or month because <clears throat> you have believed lies about tomorrow. This is why Jesus said, don't even worry about tomorrow. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. You, you, you spend all today worrying about tomorrow and you get to tomorrow and it's not even as bad as you thought it would be. And that's... that's, that's that's what we have to understand, that, that there is a comforter who is the spirit of truth. This is why preaching and teaching is so vitally important. Because when we preach the word of God and teach the word of God, we are speaking under the influence of the spirit of truth. And as we speak under the influence of the spirit of truth, it is to counter all the lies the enemy has been telling you. So I'm going to tell you some things today that are going to bring hope and that are going to bring encouragement. And some of it you're going to want to hear. Some of it your flesh won't want to hear. But your spirit is going to love it. Oh, your spirit is going to love it and is going to love you for walking in it. Hallelujah. And, and the real key and the real goal is, is to go so close to God that the spirit of truth actually lives inside of you. You become filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the spirit of truth is actually in you. And you don't necessarily rely on people outside of you to tell you the truth because you can just open up the Bible and the spirit of truth in you starts saying, this is true, this is true, this is true, this is true. That's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. And this is the truth. And, and let me just remind you, if you'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. Let's understand that. It'll break every chain off of you. It'll break every shackle off of you. It'll unshackle your mind. and It'll break off the depression. It'll, it'll break off the heavy load and make you free. Woo, hallelujah. This is, the, this is the passage where Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Now, don't get it mixed up. It's not the peace of the world. He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world giveth, but the peace that I give to you. Jesus isn't just some other politician who's promising peace and can't deliver. 
Jesus isn't some kind of an entertainer who draws thousands to their venue and calls for world peace but can't deliver. No, Jesus has a way. And if we'll walk in it, there will be peace that passes understanding. Hallelujah. There will be grace and peace to be multiplied. Hallelujah. He is the prince of peace. He is the king of peace. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about a fairy tale today. I'm speaking under the unction of the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. And I think it's good to note, too, that in the first few verses of this chapter, and we read a couple of them, that there were, there were two disciples who clearly didn't understand everything they needed to understand. Their names were Thomas and Philip. And, and you've you got to know, we all know some Thomases and Philips, and sometimes we're Thomas and Philip. And they had walked with Jesus for a long time, and they still didn't know who he was. And they still didn't know his truth. And sometimes you know people who you're like, I know, they, they've walked with the Lord a long time. They've gone to church all these years, and, 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 and yet they still don't believe exactly what the Bible says. So it confuses you because you think since they've had devotions and, they've, and they have had a commitment to God, and you think that because they've walked with God and they don't necessarily believe the truth about how a person can be saved and should be saved and must be saved. That maybe it confuses you. But Thomas and Philip have walked with Jesus for a little while now. And Thomas looks at Jesus and said, Jesus, we don't know the way. We don't know where you're going and we don't know how to get there. He's walked with him for a little while and he doesn't know where Jesus is going and he doesn't know how to get there. And I want you to know that you know people who have, they have had a relationship with God. And, and if you were to be asked, if you know anybody who's saintly, you'd say them for sure. But I want to warn you, there are people who have spent a lot of time around Jesus who don't know where he's going and don't know how to get there. Philip had been with him, and Philip said, you talk about your father's house. He said, could you just show us the father? Because he said, if you'll show us the father, that's really all we want anyway, is we just want to see the father. And Jesus said, Philip, have I been so long time with you and you still don't know who I am? I want you to know you know a lot of people like Philip who have been so long time with Jesus and still don't realize he's not separate from the Father. They've walked with him. They've, they've sang his songs. They've, they've been in his company. They love him. And you know they love him. But they still don't know that Jesus is not some secondary person. Jesus is not some co-equal partner. Jesus is not some co-equal being or extra person. No, he is the Father manifest in human flesh. And you're going to have some people in your life that you really love and respect who will disagree with that statement. But that's, they're like Philip. And Jesus said, Philip, now come on, Philip. Have I been so long time with you and you still don't know who I am? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? You're looking at the Father right now. 
Yeah, yeah, he's, he is also the only begotten son of God. But you've got to know why he's the only begotten son of God. Because you and I are supposed to be sons of God. And we're like Thomas. We don't know where he went. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what to do. We're like Philip. We don't know who the father is. We don't know who the father is. So the father became a man and said, I'm going to become the only begotten son of God so that you can look on me now and understand this is who you are always supposed to be. You weren't supposed to be depressed. You weren't supposed to live in fear. You weren't supposed to live in anxiety. You weren't supposed to be defeated by the devil. You're supposed to have victory. You're supposed to be strong in the Lord. Not by your might and not by your power, but by the spirit of truth that can live inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, hallelujah. And so, so Thomas and Philip are a lot, of, a lot like the people we know and, and like us. We can walk with God and still need to know the truth of him. And, and so... So Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and we don't know how to get there. And Jesus said, all right, Thomas, I'm going to help you understand. I am the way. Hallelujah. And I am the truth, and I am the life. Don't let that become cliche to you. Don't let that become something that just rolls off your tongue effortlessly and you don't know what Jesus is saying. Jesus is explaining, I am the way. And don't you know that every one of us are looking for the way? Don't you know that we're looking for a way out? Don't you know we're looking for a way in? Don't you know we're looking for the way up? And, and, and I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to look any further than Jesus Christ. Listen, if you've met a follower of his who has disillusioned you and made you feel like that's a dead-end road because one of his representatives didn't represent him well, don't let that dis d d d d divert your attention. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. I, I, listen, if people could just know Jesus, if they could just meet Jesus, you know, everything in the New Jerusalem is clear as crystal. The river of life is clear as crystal. The walls of various stones, the Bible says they are clear like glass. And the street of gold, it is transparent. All of these jewels, they're all crystallized and they're so pure that you can see through them. You can see through the walls, you can see through the street, you can see through the river. And everywhere in the New Jerusalem, it's, it's, it's not gold as we know it that is tainted and jaded by the earthly elements it, and, and has a, a, a unique coloration to it. No, it is clear, it is translucent. You can see right through the gold, you can see right through the jasper, you can see right through the sapphire, right through the emerald. And, and I, want to, I want to say today, my belief is that the reason everything is transparent and translucent is because in the center of that city is the Lamb. And everything you look at should never block your view of the Lamb. If 
you're looking at a wall, you should see the lamb. If you're looking at the river, you should still see the lamb. If you're looking at the street, you should still see the lamb. And when Job said that he will try me and I shall come forth as gold, tried in the fire, pure gold, it means he's stripping off all of the jadedness of earthly elements that have caused me to, 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 to have my own personality, if you please. I don't want people to meet me and get turned off from Jesus because I say I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ and I got a nasty attitude and I'm grumpy and irritable and I, and I don't treat people right. I, don't, I want them to be able to see right through me and see Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. He's going to keep taking you through things until he tries you so thoroughly in the fire that he purifies you until you are clear as crystal, transparent like glass. And when people see you, they don't see you. They see Jesus. It's my heart's desire that when people look at me, they'll see right through Joel and see the Lamb of God. The Bible said we're going we're gonna to go through this until Christ be formed in us. So you might as well get used to it because Christ is being formed in you until you are hidden with Christ. Oh, hallelujah. In God, hidden with Christ in God. And, and you have to understand, hidden, hide me, Jesus. Hide me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Hallelujah. Let me be hidden in the blood of the Lamb. Let me be hidden in the peace of God. I don't want people to see Joel. I want people to see Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. Yeah, I am the way. The scripture said, this is the way. Walk ye in it. I want to tell you that it's a narrow way. The Bible tells us that it is a narrow way that leads to life everlasting. And that it is a broad way that leads to death and destruction. There are few on the narrow way and there are many on the broad way. So if you live your life for God in the way of taking a poll as to who believes what you should believe, then you're going to end up on the broad way because those that are going to be destroyed by walking along the broad way, they, are, they vastly outnumber the few that walk on the narrow way. So if you've got your thumb in the wind trying to figure out which way the wind blows and you're trying to figure out what's popular in my culture, and you're trying to figure out if, if, well, 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 if this is the truth, then, then why, doesn't, why don't more people believe it? And why don't more people walk in it? Well, Jesus said they would not. Jesus said, as a matter of fact, the opposite will be true. They will, they, the vast majority of this world will get on a broad way. And they will walk it right to destruction. But there are a few that will find the narrow way. It's a narrow way. Now you can call it narrow-minded if you want. It's a narrow way. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you, just because some people don't like it doesn't mean we can stop preaching it. Jesus is the way. 
He's the only way. He said, no man cometh to the Father but by me. All roads do not lead to heaven. Somebody said, well, well, doesn't 74 come to uh, doesn't 74 go to uh, 74 come to Cincinnati and 71 come to Cincinnati and 75 come to Cincinnati in the same way a lot of roads can lead to heaven no we're not trying to get to Cincinnati we're trying to get to heaven Hallelujah. We're not talking about a city made with man's hands. We're talking about a city whose builder and maker is God. A city that has foundations. I'm not trying to get to Indianapolis. I'm not trying to get to Louisville. I'm not trying to get to Columbus. I'm trying to get to heaven. I'm trying. Every day I'm running. Every day I'm running. Trying to make it to heaven somehow. Come on, somebody. Trying to make 199 and a half won't do. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, listen, if you never get to Paris, you got to get to heaven. If you never make it to London, you got to get to heaven. If you never make it to Johannesburg, you got to get to heaven. If you never make it to Moscow, you got to get to heaven. It doesn't matter what else happens on this earth. You better be ready to meet God. You've got to be right with God. And Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm a way. One of the many ways, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the truth. Hallelujah. Listen, we know that this Bible contains the truth. But I like what Brother T.F. Tenney said. He said before, truth was a page, truth was a person. Jesus is the truth. Hallelujah. If he said it, it is so. If he said it, you can stand on it. Hallelujah. If he said it, you can live your life believing it. You can go to your grave with peace in your heart, knowing that he has gone and prepared a place for you that where, you, where he is, you may be also. He is the truth. Hallelujah. And, and, and there's none of this, listen now, there's none of this, your truth, my truth. I know that's, I know we like to talk about that in today's culture. You've got to follow your truth. I'm going to tell you that is a lie and it is straight from hell. You and I don't get to decide what is truth. We don't get to do that. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's man trying to be like God, determining what is good and what is evil, determining what is right and what is wrong. And if I don't think it's wrong, then it's not wrong. That's a lie. It's the lie the devil's been telling since the Garden of Eden. And if you believe it, it's going to do to your family what it did to Adam and Eve's and to all mankind. You don't get to decide what is right and what is wrong, what is absolute and what is not absolute. He is the truth. And you had better get in his word and understand what he says about the truth. 
This is why I, you've heard me say it before. I don't need another prophecy to come to pass for me to believe the Bible. Now, they're coming to pass all the time, and it's amazing, and they've, so many have already come to pass, and it's awesome, and it's great, and that's wonderful. But I don't need one more to come to pass in order for me to believe the Word of God. I don't need to see another miracle. I've seen the blind eyes open. I've seen the deaf ears unstopped. I've seen the dead raised with my eyes. I've seen the lame walk. With my eyes, I've seen it. I don't have to see it one more time for me to believe in the power of God and the power of this Word. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the principle. If you trust, if, you, if you'll just live the principles. I'll give you a principle to try out. Just try this one out. Just try this one out, okay? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Hallelujah. Now, that's a big step now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means all of your emotions. And, and if you're having trouble with it, ask him to help you. Lord, I'm trying to trust you. Help me to achieve trusting you with all of my heart. And, 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 and you're not done yet. You're not done yet. Because this is the big part. And this is going to determine if you really did complete step one. And lean not to your own understanding. So you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart, and you're going to find out if you really completed step one. We're going back to school now for a little bit. You're going to find out if you really completed step one. If when you go to complete step two, you start leaning on your own understanding, you got to go back to step one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. So in other words, when God says, don't do that, that's not the time for you to say, I don't, think, I don't agree. I'm going to do it anyway. Don't, 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 listen, just follow the principle. Follow the principle. If you don't like the way it turns out, you can go back and, and, and do it your own way and end up wherever you want to end up. But if you'll follow the principle, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but, here's the third step, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And here's what that looks like. Here's a way, here's a way, here's a way. Which way do I take? Mm, which way do I take? Which way do I take? I know the, script, the principle is in all my ways acknowledge him. So I'm going to look down this path and see, is God on this path? I don't see him. I'm not taking that path. Let me check over here. Is God on this path? Is, this, is, the, is that the Lord... No, no, it kind of looks like him, but I can tell that's not him. That's not, no, 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 no. And then I get, look at this path. Is that God? There he is right there. That's him. Uh, once you can acknowledge him in the way, then you can be confident to take that way. Now, that, that's a three-step process. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And here's the promise. He shall direct your paths. Now all of a sudden, I'm walking with confidence. I'm walking in the spirit. I don't have to worry anymore. I'm jogging for Jesus. And God says, no, turn the other way. Okay, no problem. He shall direct my paths. I'm not walking with God. I'm jogging with Jesus. And I, I'm running and not being weary. I'm walking and I'm not faint. Hallelujah. I'm waiting on the Lord. 
Why? Because the principle works. The principle works. All right, let's get down to where we live. The Bible says flee fornication. And you spend a lifetime not doing that, but instead fleeing towards it. And you wonder why your mind is conflicted and you wonder why your spirit is condemned and you wonder why there's no peace in your heart. It's because you're not applying the principle. Apply the principle and you're going to find peace. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing outside the truth. The truth is all there is. That's why even the devil, when he tells you a lie, can only start with the truth. He has to start with the truth. He, ha- he doesn't have anything else. Nothing exists but truth. So the devil takes truth and has to, uh, got to distort this because if they follow this, they're going to end up finding out it's real, it's right, it's wonderful, it's magnificent. So I got to twist this and take them to hell with me. And so he twists the truth, presents it to us. We see elements of truth in the lie. And believe it. Of course there are going to be elements of truth in the lie. Because the, the lie, the lie can't, even, can't even be spoken unless there's some truth in it. A lie is a mere distortion of the truth. So, so don't go by the elements of truth you see in the lie. Well, now that's true. That's true. 95, I guess I'll accept it and embrace it and believe it and, and, and die doing so. No, Jesus Christ is the truth. He is the way. He is the truth. And are you ready for this? He is the life. I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to get through this part real fast, but it's so good. I might take off shouting in the middle of it and, and have to take up part two some other time. The life. Not just life. Not vague life, not nebulous life, the life. Because there is only one life that has ever achieved what every life needs to achieve. And that is the 33 and a half year life that Jesus lived. That is the life. And and, and when you get into that life, And let what that life accomplished get in you. You will have abundant life on earth and eternal life in glory. Because when he walked this earth, he committed no sin. There's no transgression in him. There's no iniquity in him. His life is the pure life. His life is the, is, the, is the righteous life. It's the holy life. This is why it's vain for us to try to be holy in ourselves and righteous in ourselves because we can't accomplish it by ourselves. The only way we can accomplish it is to be in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ be in us. Then all of a sudden, the life he lived begins to become the life we are capable of living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and so I don't even know how all of a sudden, now, now, now mind you, now mind you, that, that even though I'm, I'm talking about this life that, that of Jesus Christ, I've still got what is called the flesh. 
And, and the, the Apostle Paul calls it the body of this death. And as long as I have the body of this death, this body is slowly dying. It's slowly dying. My hair is falling out every day. And it's slowly dying. And, and, and so there's this body of death. And, and, it's, and it, it is a body of death. And so as long as I'm in this body of death, I'm going to have to contend with this body of death. So don't get it mixed up when somebody is in Jesus and Jesus is in them and they're not having a good attitude and they're not treating people right. Don't, don't get it mixed up and think, oh, it's all nonsense. No, no. This is a person who needs to deal with this body of death. They need to crucify this flesh again. They need to take this back to the altar and get right with God. And you spend a little season of prayer with Jesus, and I want to promise you, you'll come out of that with tear-stained cheeks, love for your neighbor, appreciation for what you have, contentment in your heart, peace with God. Because the issue is the body of this death. And when that trumpet sounds, notice the only thing that's going to change is this body. The invisible stuff will have already been changed. If you're walking with God and you're in Christ and he's in you, the invisible stuff is taken care of. The only thing that has to change is this mortal will take on immortality. And this corruptible will take on incorruption. I sit together with him in heavenly places right now. Glory to God. Because... because the life that he lived can live in me, and I can live in that life. And that's who Jesus is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So when Peter was standing on the uh, day of Pentecost in front of all of those people that have gathered around, they had just left Jesus and gone to Jerusalem as he instructed them to do. He said, go to Jerusalem and tarry there and wait for the promise of the Father. Because the Father had promised that he would pour out his spirit. And Jesus said, it's about to happen. Go to Jerusalem and tarry and wait for it to happen. So they go to Jerusalem. The Holy Ghost is poured out. They all start speaking in tongues. People came around, saw them all speaking in tongues. And they were like, okay, they're drunk. And then there was another group that said, actually, I don't think they're drunk because I understand everything they're saying. So what does this mean? And Peter stands up with the rest of the apostles and speaks to them and says, be it known unto you, all you men of Judea and those of you at Jerusalem, and uh, hearken unto my words. Uh, these men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. This is an ancient prophecy being fulfilled. It was spoken by the prophet Joel, and this was the prophecy. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions and you're seeing that happen right now in on this day of Pentecost and he begins to preach Jesus and he reveals to the crowd that Jesus is the Messiah and he does so by using the words of the psalmist David he goes back into the Old Testament and brings up scriptures that they all know and thought they understood but they were like Thomas and Philip they had walked with it a long time, but didn't understand the truth of the word of God. So now they're hearing these scriptures in a new light. And Peter proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that the psalmist and the prophets were all talking about Jesus when they talked about the Messiah. And when it comes right down to it, Peter explains, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this Jesus who you just finished nailing to a tree and put stripes on his back and put a crown of thorns on his head, this Jesus who you crucified, God has made him both Jehovah and Messiah. 
He is Yahweh and Mashiach. He is the long-awaited one, and he is the creator of the universe. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they shouted out, men and brethren, what shall we do? Because they just learned we're guilty of the blood of Messiah. We're guilty of crucifixion. We waited all our life for this man to show up, and he gets here. We didn't like his message, so we killed him. What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Jesus is the way. He said it like this. He said, repent. Let me tell you on a very practical level, here is the way. Repent. Repent. You say, I've tried that before. I've cried. I've, I've told God I'm sorry a hundred times. Did you know that you can repent without crying? I think it's better when you cry. There's nothing like a good cry. It's much better when you cry. Cry. Go ahead and cry. But if you have a hard time crying, don't worry about that. This is what repentance is. It's turning. Hallelujah. That's what I want to invite you to do today. Repent. Turn. Turn from those sins. And you know what? You're going to get people in your ears saying, oh, yeah, that preacher, he's going to talk about stop doing this and stop doing that. Yeah, that's true. I am. You want to know why? Because it's causing chaos in your life. Absolutely, I'm going to say, stop. Turn around. Walk in a different direction. That's why your mind is so messed up. That's why your mind is so depressed. That's why your nerves are always on edge. That's why you're so angry all the time. That's why you're so that's why you just you just kind of go off on everybody around you. Because you've got sin in your life and you're ignorant to it. We all have been ignorant to it. Every one of us. We speak from experience today. We don't speak from a place of condemnation. We speak from experience. I've been where you are. I know what you're dealing with. And you're living in the pleasure of sin. And you think that's okay because it is pleasurable in the moment. But it is full of death. And it is full of demons. And it is full of destruction. And it is full of the earnest of hell. And until you turn away from it, you're going to continue to live in that tormented state. But turn. Walk away. Walk away from it. Block them in your phone. Unsubscribe. Cancel your membership. Yeah. Walk away from it. Walk away from them if they're it. Walk away. And if you think, I can't do that, well, guess what? You're right about that. You can't. But with God's help, you can. I, you know, I, I, this is that moment where you're supposed to have that real self-help motivational statement. I believe in you. Listen. I'm going to just tell you, I don't believe in you, and I don't believe in me, but I believe in Jesus. I'm going to jog for Jesus a little bit. I used to not be able to walk with God. Now I'm running with Jesus. No, I don't.
don't believe in you, but I believe in Jesus. I don't believe in me, but I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. With God's help, you can walk away from things you never believed you could walk away from. And let me go ahead and say this today. Let me go ahead and say this. If you're struggling with it, you've got a great cloud of witnesses in this room that are here to help you, that are here to pray for you, that are here to encourage you. You're not in this by yourself. Can I get a witness from somebody who believes with me? You don't have to fight by yourself. You don't have to walk through that valley by yourself. I'm talking about the way. You're looking for a way out. Suicide's not the way out. You're looking for a way out. Overdose isn't the way out. You're looking for a way out. That pleasure that, that leaves you feeling more empty when it's over is not the way out. He's the way out, he's the way in, he's the way up, he's the way over, he's the way. Yeah. Woo! Peter said, Jesus is the way, repent. And then he said, Jesus is the truth. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, it, it, it's... It's the, most, it's the greatest thing that you will ever do to get in those waters, these waters right back here that we can use today. And, and if, if, you don't, if you have never been baptized, today is the day to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you were baptized in the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, today is the day to be baptized in Jesus' name. In the very same way that you should not accept a check from somebody that says Father, Son, and Husband on the signature line, in the very same way you should not accept a baptism that says Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because the authority is in the name. Hallelujah. And you can take that to the bank. I'm going to jog for Jesus a little bit. He put running in my feet. He put dancing in my feet. He put clapping in my hands. He put a song in my soul. And here's what happens. Here's what happens when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You go in there with all the stuff you've done in life. We've all, all the stuff we did, we take it into those waters and by faith, we're putting our faith in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ at Calvary and we believe that he was sinless and we believe that he died the death we were supposed to die and we believe that he's taking our sins to the old rugged cross, that they're nailed to that cross and when I go down in that water, Joel Urshan goes down in that water and all the junk Joel did and all the junk Joel said 
and all the bad places Joel went. That's all down in this water. But when I come up out of that water, the name of Jesus Christ that was spoken over me, I come up a new man. I come up a new man. And when I come up a new man, I come up with all the innocence of Jesus Christ and all the purity of Jesus Christ and the blamelessness of Jesus Christ and the clean slate of his life is now the clean slate of my life. Now, Pastor Joel, that sounds too good to be true. Well, we call it amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It is amazing. And and, and once you realize it's so good that it is true, you'll never stop praising him. You'll never stop serving him. So today I invite you to walk into the truth, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive Peter said you shall receive the Holy Ghost the gift of the Holy Ghost and that was his way of saying Jesus Christ is the life because because now the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost who is Jesus that's the spirit of Jesus it's the spirit of truth that's the spirit of Jesus when we say you are filled with the Holy Ghost it is the spirit of Jesus that comes inside of you Hallelujah. And you will know it happened because when it happens, you will speak with a language you've never spoken before. Don't even worry about that. Don't even worry about that part of it. That's just going to be something that happens when he fills you. You're going to begin to speak with other tongues and you will know that he's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And then the reason your tongue is the first thing that yields to him is because if the tongue can be yielded to him, everything else is going to be yielded to him. See, my, 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 I'm a mess, but if I can get my tongue under control, my tongue can control my whole body. If I can get my words right, my body will follow. And my words are not going to be right until they're yielded to God. And that's why when he fills you with his spirit, the very first thing that happens as he fills you with his spirit is you begin to speak a language that God is speaking out of you. And that's when you know the Holy Ghost is in me. I do need, now listen, listen, I need, because I need witnesses here, because some pe- this, this message I'm preaching is on trial, and there are people that are sitting back judging if, if they're wondering if it's true or not, so I need some witnesses. Anybody remember when you thought speaking in tongues was crazy? How many tongue talkers we got in the house of God this morning? Hallelujah. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can make you whole. Only Jesus can bring you from the pit of despair. Only Jesus can turn your life around. Let him fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Let him baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. It's the life. It's the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus will live inside of you.
And let me tell you something, Brother Reuben, you'll speak with tongues, and those are tongues you don't understand. That's the first thing that happens when a person receives the Holy Ghost. It happened that way in the book of Acts, and it happens that way today. It's the initial evidence of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. But you won't just speak in tongues you don't understand. You will also start speaking in new tongues. And your tongues are going to be, now all of a sudden, they're, they're actually soft answers that turn away wrath. All of a sudden, they're, they're words of grace that are seasoned with salt. All of, the, all of a sudden, there's kindness dripping from your tongue. All of a sudden, there's charity and there's humility and there's, and there's patience and, and there's peace. And, and you walk and you're a peacemaker. And you're not just a peacekeeper. You're a peacemaker. You're not just there to, to try to maintain peace. You walk into the middle of strife and sedition and carryings on and you bring peace. You make peace where there is no peace. What's happening? The life is in you. The life is in you. The life. That life of that holy man. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None can heal all your soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus, Jesus knows all about my troubles. He will guide us till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. I want you to know that today the way is for you. The truth is for you. The life is for you. You can repent of your sins. You can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongues. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and all of your sins are washed away in the blood of the Lamb. Let me tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing. You can stand with me. You can stand with me. When you, are, when you repent of your sins and are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, I want to tell you, all of the sins you've committed... They are blotted out. And when the enemy tries to accuse you and bring up your past mistakes and failures and say, you've got this coming to you because of you're this and you're that, and he's got all these receipts, the Lord looks at the record and says, if what he's saying is true, it'll match up on the record. But the record has been expunged. washed away and the only thing that's on the record now is innocence and blameless and purity and holiness because now it's not your name it's his name do you have his name on your life do you have his name on your life if you don't have his name on your life today is the day of salvation be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, let's lift up our hands all across this building right now. Come on, all across this house, let's lift up our hands unto the Lord. What a great God, what a great God, what a great God. What a gift of salvation. What a gift of salvation. Salvation has been brought down to us. Hallelujah. 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 The singers are going to sing, but as they prepare to do so, I'm opening these altars right now. Now, anybody can come. Anybody can come. And I encourage everybody to come, but, but I really want people to come and repent of their sins today.
and come tell us that you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe there are people here today, you didn't come expecting it, but now that you're here, the Lord is stirring your heart and you know you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You know that God is calling to you. God is reaching for you. Come on, do it right now. Come on, if there's something you need to turn away from, let's do it today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's do it today in the name of Jesus. Let's do it today in the name of Jesus. <sighs> come on, that's it. Somebody else come. Somebody else come. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hey, saints of God, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard when you feel like you're singled out or something. I wonder if we could just join in right now. Because every one of us need a good dose of repentance every day. Come on, I want, no matter what you've done or where you've been, could you just lift your hands and voices all across this house? Maybe some could even come and gather around right now and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Ministers, be ready because there are people that are going to want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Be prepared to minister to them and help them in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Nothing else matters. In this world will do. Jesus, you're the center. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're the center.
Thank you.